0: April 15th, in 1942, the people from the tiny island of Malta in the Mediterranean Sea are awarded the George Cross by King George VI. The British colony of Malta was crucial during the war in the Mediterranean. Hitler showed Malta no mercy, and it has been estimated that the island was one of the most intensely bombed areas of the entire war. Proportionately more bombs fell on Malta than did on any, on the city of Coventry. The population of 270,000, however, refused to capitulate. Malta was strategically important because it hosted several airfields and the only British harbor between Gibraltar and Alexandria, Egypt. Most importantly, Malta was essential to operations against Axis supply convoys destined for North Africa. Malta had always been under threat and invasion, had been considered by the Germans, but in the end, Crete was favored, instead of bombing campaign was decided on, which would neutralize Malta. The first bombs came from Italy in 1940, but the arrival of the German Luftwaffe in Sicily in 1941 intensified the campaign. This was relaxed when Hitler turned his attention to war with Russia, but in December 1941, raids on Malta returned to previous levels of intensity. During 1941 and 1942, more than 3,000 raids occurred. The towns surrounding the industrial areas around the harbors took a fearful pounding and much of the population was evacuated to the center of the island. Thousands of the inhabitants and British defenders were killed and maimed. In the first six months of 1942, there was only one 24-hour period without air raids. The inhabitants were forced to lead subterranean existence, which caused severe health problems and eventually led to fight a typhoid epidemic. Casualties were high. 14, 1,493 civilians died and 3,674 were wounded. Children suffered greatly. The island was defended by fighter squadrons and fast merchant ships on which were able to get supplies through. However, ships were constantly sunk or damaged. Between 1940 and 1942, 31 ships were lost. Axis minefields surrounding the island were deadly and even submarines had to withdraw. By early summer of 1942, the island was cut off and suffering from severe shortages. Then, the German mistake was made. Lulled into an early sense of victory, aircraft were diverted to fight the war on other theaters, which enabled 61 British Spitfires to be delivered to Malta. Raids decreased and defenses improved, but it wasn't until the arrival in August of a convoy from Alexandria that food was brought to the near-starving civilian population. Without these supplies, Malta would have had to capitulate to the Germans. The Luftwaffe were alerted and attempted a second wave of attacks in October of 1942, but the Allied effort in the Middle East had begun to pay off. More supplies arrived intact, delivered by a convoy codenamed Stonehenge. By the following summer, the siege was lifted as the Axis powers faced defeat in North Africa. The people of Malta had shown extreme bravery in the face of severe threat and hardship. To acknowledge such bravery, King George VI made a gesture unique in history. On April 15, 1942, he awarded the George Cross to the Maltese nation, an honor still borne by the Maltese on their flag. The Great Mississippi River Flood of 1927, known as the nation's most destructive, actually began in the summer of 1926 when heavy rains pummeled the Mississippi River Central Basin. In On April 15th of 1927, 15 inches of rain fell in 18 hours, causing the Mississippi River to break out of its levee system at 145 locations. More than 27,000 square miles of its land flooded in 10 states, Arkansas, Illinois, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, Tennessee, Texas, Oklahoma, and Kansas, Arkansas was the worst affected with 14% of the state flooded. On the morning of January 1, 1927, the residents of Nashville, Tennessee awoke to find the raging waters of the Cumberland River had risen above the city's 56-foot levees. In the spring of that year, melting snows up north joined with the heavy rains to dispel disaster. On the morning of Good Friday, April fifteenth, the Memphis Commercial Appeal warned readers, the roaring Mississippi River, bank and levee full from the St. Louis to New Orleans, is believed to be at its mightiest rampage. All along the Mississippi, considerable fear is felt over the prospects for the greatest flood in history. The U.S. Army Corps of Engineers assured the concerned public that the levee system built to confine the Mississippi River would hold, but the river was so powerful that it broke through. At greatest risk were the agricultural lands of the Mississippi Delta below Memphis. On the 22nd of April, when the levees broke just upriver from Greenville, a huge crevasse 100 feet deep and a half mile wide opened up. By May, the rampage of the Big Muddy created a watery basin 60 miles wide below Memphis before rejoining the Mississippi cascading over the Louisiana lowlands and rushing out to the Gulf of Mexico. Although the flooding directly affected seven states, Mississippi, Louisiana, and Arkansas suffered the greatest destruction. When the waters began to recede by July 1st, the river was still 70 miles wide in some areas, and at least 1.5 million acres still remained underwater. By August of nineteen twenty seven, more than a thousand people had died as a direct consequence of the flood. Nearly seven hundred thousand others had been displaced and at least twenty seven thousand square miles of land lay submerged under water up to thirty feet deep. The torrential rains had fallen at a rate more than ten times the yearly average, and property damage was estimated at one billion dollars. The nineteen twenty seven flood had national political effects. Secretary of Commerce Herbert Hoover who directed the Red Cross's efforts to provide massive flood relief, won the national attention for his humanitarianism. The subsequent publicity he received was a large factor in his successful 1929 bid for the presidency. The end of the flood also signaled a political upheaval in Louisiana and may have opened the door for populist leaders such as Huey Long. Finally, the flood became a major factor, prompting the migration of African Americans from the South to cities in the North and West. On April 15th of 1947, Jackie Robinson, age 28, became the first African-American player in Major League Baseball when he stepped onto Ebbets Field in Brooklyn to compete for the Brooklyn Dodgers. Robinson broke the color barrier in a sport that had been segregated for more than 50 years. Exactly 50 years later, on April 15th, 1997, Robinson's groundbreaking career was honored, but in his uniform, number 42, was retired from Major League Baseball by Commissioner Bud Selig in a ceremony attended by over 50,000 fans at New York City's Shea Stadium. Robinson's was the first ever number retired by all teams in the league. Jack Roosevelt Robinson was born January 31, 1919, in Cairo, Georgia, to a family of sharecroppers. Growing up, he excelled at sports and attended the University of California at Los Angeles, where he was the first athlete to letter in four varsity sports, baseball, basketball, football, and track. After financial difficulties forced Robinson to drop out of the UCLA, he joined the Army in 1942, was commissioned as a second lieutenant. After protesting instances of racial discrimination during his military service, Robinson was court-martialed in 1944. Ultimately, though, he was honorably discharged. After the... After the Army, Robinson played for a season in the Negro American League. In 1946, he spent one season with a Canadian minor league team, the Montreal Royals. In 1947, he was called up to the majors and soon became a star infielder and outfielder for the Dodgers, as well as the National League's Rookie of the Year. In 1949, the right-hander was named the National League's most valuable player and league batting champ. Robinson played on the National League All-Star team from 1949 through 1954 and led the Dodgers to six National League pennants and one World Series in 1955. He was inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame in 1962, his first year of eligibility. Despite his talent and success as a player, Robinson faced tremendous racial discrimination throughout his career from baseball fans and some fellow players. Additionally, Jim Crow laws prevented Robinson from using the same hotels and restaurants as his teammates while playing in the South. After retiring from baseball in 1957, Robinson became a businessman and civil rights activist. He died on October 24, 1972, at age 53, in Stamford, Connecticut. You have been listening to the This Happened Today in History podcast. I thank you for listening and I hope that you have enjoyed learning about historical events from the past. Thank you to the following websites for their information regarding today's topics. Thepeoplehistory.com, The Siege of Malta at bbc.co.uk, Mississippi River Flooding at mississippiencyclopedia.org, and Jackie Robinson at history.com.